the couple of conversations that have happened recently specifically around Ballyhale the notion that Colin Fenley isn't finished as an intercounty hurler is one very interesting thing it's like the, just the little balloon has been floated he said he fell out of love with the game he's back in love with the game he's only 33 he's been dominating um, new manager you know somebody might decide that uh, they, they like the cut of his jib that he's got a very specific role he could play you know he certainly he really let himself go as well that's noticeable <laughs> <laughs> Um and then also just the fact that TJ Reid is the GOAT. Uh, the source of that being Eddie Brennan is very interesting. <laughs> very interesting. I was only thinking like Eddie has, Eddie has played with probably four to five and many more of the best players of all time in DJ, Henry, TJ, Tommy and JJ. They would be the first five that would come to mind. So for him to put TJ right yeah. at the head of that conversation, I think is quite significant. Yeah. Recency bias or potentially, um, but it's just like if you look at it, since TJ was TJ was dropped for the 2012 All Ireland quarter final against Limerick, and he was having conversations with Henry about whether he was going to you know stay going at Intercounty, and look at the last ten years, it's been absolutely unbelievable. And the longer he goes, it seems the better he gets. Mm. Um, like he was, he's nominated for Hurler of the Year this year, lads. He's 35 next month. He was brilliant last Sunday. And the 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 more club runs, the I I I'll put you this way: Henry was unbelievable on an unbelievable team. To me, it's more significant to be unbelievable on a lesser team and to be dragging a lesser team with you. Yeah. That's my opinion. Anyway. Yeah. Now I can I can see how that certainly makes helps make the case. Um, it's like the, just the fact that it's as you say he's played with all these lads. Um, that really. Makes you kind of go, okay, well, if he thinks that, that's kind of important. Well, he started a nice debate for us all anyway. There's yeah, plenty of, yeah. plenty of conversation now with anyone. Anyway, in the off-season. So we, we were asking you, who are the best players at the split season? Let's, let's split this into club and, and county. Um, who are the best players you played against at club level? And who are the best players you played against at county level? Yeah, um, club level would be first anyway. Uh, there was probably three to four that, that kind of sprung out. The first one I would have is uh, Joe Brady from Coolary and Offaly. Now, I marked him a couple of times when I ended up up the other end of the pitch. Uh, he was centre-back for Coolary. But here's a guy who... Can you give us an era, sorry, for, for people yeah, who are he would no. have Yeah, he would have only finished playing for Coolary in the last couple of years. He would have played, definitely played senior with Coolary probably from 2002 to 2000. And he scored the winning goal in the 2015 county final okay, for Kuderi right. when pushed up full forward. But here's a guy who was probably shouldn't have been hurling. He needed, I think, double hip replacement. And he was centre-back and he was literally unstoppable at times. You just you put the ball anywhere down around that 45-65, the hand goes up, you get denied, the ball comes back down. Just an unbelievable leader. I think if you chatted to, to Brian Carroll or Damian Murray or any of the Coolary lads, they would tell you that Joe Brady was the heartbeat of Coolary. And he absolutely maxed out his own career, I would say, particularly taking into account those injuries. But when I was standing corner back and you're looking up at this guy's centre-back and he's in the mood, you're kind of thinking, how are we going to get around him? 
Yeah. That sort of player. So, um, it's just like you're kind of you're not directly facing him on the pitch but you're kind of he's like a force field that drags everything kind, kind of yeah, yeah. and um, while there are near neighbours and are uh, bitter enough rivals he had you know when they went on that club run and got to the All-Ireland Final in 2012 like he was outstanding the whole way he was the one that really really drove them forward so he would definitely definitely be up at the top or in around the top of my club list anyway uh, Damien Hayes would be next um, had the misfortune of marking him in a club final in 08 um, and you know the way people talk about you know the dimensions of pitches and whether pitches are bigger than others I can categorically tell you that Crow Park is wider than any other pitch in the country because I remember him getting a ball and I remember shepherding him towards the sideline and you're thinking you know you know in your head the dimensions of the pitch you've played on pitches your whole life and there was another 10 yards there and I just <laughs> said oh no and this, he just ran straight and just took, took away and you could see the dust the roadrunner just coming after but uh Obviously, at county level, he had a brilliant career with Galway, but at club level and as part of that brilliant Portumna team, like he he was nigh on unstoppable at times as well. Not particularly big, probably about five eight, just so fast, so powerful, and again another guy who got so much out of himself. Particularly, I would say, obviously he had a brilliant county career, but at club level. Uh, you know, the likes himself, Chunky Hayes, uh, Ollie Canning, obviously Joe Canning as well. Not a bad team. Not a bad team at all, yeah. Not a bad, but he was just, he was so hard to stop. He got 1-3 in that, in that final. Yeah, I don't think he got, I don't think he got most of that off me now, to be fair. But, uh, <laughs> uh, and he ended up on his brother Kevin, uh, at one stage in it as well. But, um. Not that anybody's counting, you know. Quick retraction yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I actually wasn't marking him at I, all. I hate that when it, when it looks like, um, it just looks like 13 was marking 4 and 13 got 1-3 and it's, like it, I think it's more fluid now because people realise they switch at different stages. But uh, yeah, just that make, was, bring that, that up though. Just make sure in case anybody you know. Just just, just on that as well. After uh, he skinned you, they moved him off you. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Padua Wheelett was our manager. Um, Padua would be you know one of the great club managers. If we're talking about club managers or goats as regards club managers, Padua would probably be it. But that was my first club final, and he came on to me on the pitch after. And Liam Power, I was after chatting Liam Power, club legend. It was going to be his last time ever playing senior for Borough. Liam was after saying, "Is this the last?" Last time I'd be up here, and I nearly had a tear in my eye myself. And Padre just comes over to me, I hadn't seen him since the, since the match had ended. He just come over, put the arm around me, and just said, Pass you by, Vern. And I was just like, <laughs> Thanks, oh. Padre. <laughs> but uh, that, that's, that's, that's the way it was. Right, yeah. That's tough love. Yeah, tough love, all right. Yeah, tough love, all right. Uh, but that was, that was a tough afternoon, all right. Yeah. Yeah. The other, yeah, it's okay. To, is that not like that's brutally honest though? You'd be thinking about that for a couple, for a couple of weeks after. Yeah, to be honest, three years it, later, it was a bit. It was yeah. I like there's some great Padre stories that I, that I couldn't tell on air. That's one that I could tell on air. But um, <laughs> I actually was thought I was in the, probably in the top five of the lads that played for Borough that day. But sure, listen, he obviously he obviously thought different. I mean, you might have been that. Just that Portumna team were so amazing, isn't it? Yeah, we actually got a great start that day. Um, but they were on a, they were on another planet. Joe was actually quiet enough that day. And but Andy Smith was the one that really stepped up. He got two two that day, and we were well beaten in the wind up. We were talking there about Matt Doherty maybe maybe needing the tough love from uh, from Antonio Conte a couple of weeks ago. You you must have been one of those players that needed the needed the tough love, and Padre knew that. Not really. No, there's tough love and there's tough, like tough love after an All Ireland final. Like you're building me up. I would have appreciated an arm around the shoulder. Yeah. Like um, yeah. I, there are players that need it, but. Um, 
it's some managers know that they can say anything to certain individuals yeah. and they'll keep coming back. Whereas, you know, if you said that to somebody else, they'd probably get discouraged, maybe, you know. Yeah, but I was, yeah. I was probably always going to keep coming back anyway, uh, yeah, just yeah. a pig for hardship. <laughs> so, Damien Hayes is second on your list. Uh, this, the strength is the other thing, like the, the speed and the strength is combined. That was um, good, like just a great eye for goals and big games as well. Like, always stood up for Galway in those matches when the rest of the team was down as well. So, yeah. That's a good sign. Who's your third one? Uh, Owen Reid would be the third one. Owen Reid from Ballyhale. So he actually didn't play last Sunday, but he picked up his 11th Kilkenny Senior Hurling Championship medal along with TJ and along with Colin. I was chatting to Jackie Tyrrell about this last week and he said when they were playing, uh, when they were playing the Shamrocks, you know, they'd, they'd tag Henry, they'd tag TJ Reid, they'd tag Cha and then Owen Reid would hit you for one three. He was that type of player maybe didn't get as much attention because there was bigger names around him and obviously he's TJ's older brother but just uh, an unbelievable club man I think he has um, I think he has all Ireland's at every level minor 21 senior colleges club I think he has a Fitzgibbon as well with okay. w, uh, with WAT. He's one of these guys that probably floats under the radar somewhat but just an unbelievable talent lovely left side um always delivers and is still delivering now he must be must be 37 probably going on 38 now but just an unbelievable club player played a bit with Kilkenny and was in around squads remember him starting the Leinster final one year but an unbelievable like probably uh, not the epitome of a club player but just an unbelievable club player a player that who absolutely excelled at club level and is, is, is uh, still excelling now mm-hmm. you would have been marking him directly yeah marked him in a Leinster semi-final actually in 07 when we beat them actually but um He's the sort of player that, and I'll probably talk about this when I move on to one of the county players, he's the sort of player that if you are thinking about your own game and getting on the ball and trying to get on the ball and have an impact on the game, he'll just skin you for two or three points. Right. He's the sort of lad that you have to keep that razor focus on. If you give him, it's like Patrick Horgan, if you give him half a yard, it'll just be a little flick of the wrist and it'll be in the back of the net or over the bar. So he was a guy that you had to keep. If you kept close tabs on him, uh, you probably wouldn't touch the ball and he wouldn't either but if you wanted to go on her loads of ball that day Grand you'd hurl loads of ball and he'd hit you for four points probably Were you always a cornerback at the start? Like you, uh, you, yeah pretty much yeah pretty much still now maybe moved over to fullback playing we have a senior B team in Burr now but yeah always in there for my sins yeah Right When you talk about Owen Reid being really good off his left like, do you have time during a match to be thinking about that and actively thinking right let's get him on his right not that his right was any weaker but when you know someone is really strong off a particular side is that consciously in your head during a game or is it just too much happening that it's not really uh, a thought I guess no it would be if a guy is predominantly one-sided um, you know you'd always say even when you're coaching a team at least you know show him to the other side and if he's going to score make him score off his weaker side so no it would be something and you try and get it ingrained in you the only problem there is uh, Owen Reid would have been fast now he wouldn't have been maybe as fast as a Damien Hayes yeah. whereas you know if Damien is one side and you show him to one side and you're shepherding him there then he can skin you for pace on the other side whereas you know if a fella is one, if once, uh, somewhat one-sided and maybe doesn't have the pace to skin you as much you can probably shepherd him maybe a bit more should I say yeah. but if he has pace and he's one-sided and you keep showing that one side and he shows a, a sidestep and he goes the other side then you've overcommitted and then you're in trouble rather than giving away a point potentially giving away a goal I suppose mm. uh, OK so there are the club players what about the county players? Well there's only one man to start with and that's uh, John Milan so my worst experience on a hurling field is marking John Milan we played them in a qualifier in 08 uh, down in Turles, um and we had beaten Limerick the week before in a qualifier down in the Gaelic grounds probably 
if you asked a lot of the Offaly lads, lads it's probably their best moment hurling with Offaly they were beating all Ireland finalists the year before like Mark and Andrew Shocknessy kept him quiet enough by you know by his standards I think he scored a point or whatever fell in kind of sleepwalked sleepwalked into the week after and it's amazing how games can be so different you could be playing corner back and the ball mightn't come near you for the first 10 minutes within 10 seconds the ball was in Milan's corner I had fallen and he'd got he'd a point on the board and already you're thinking oh I'm not on it today or whatever and I, I wasn't and he was and uh, I was gone after about 25 minutes I'd say right yeah and uh, the fellow who came on for me uh, he was he was subsequently taken off as well okay it was that <laughs> Milan was on form Owen Kelly was on form Owen McGrand the other corner was on form but it was just the pace the pace of Milan and you were talking with Shane like he's a player he, John would even tell himself he's predominantly left sided yeah. um, but he just had that pace where he could absolutely burn you as well uh, and he burned me a couple of times that day I think we were surprised in the crappy quiz last week it was in the numbers round where Milan had five, was it five, five all stars yeah. Yeah. none of us you just kind of forget that yeah. Yeah. Three, three and four years under Davy, I think and one before that like right. the tail end of his career was where he'd gotten to that level of experience and his performances were just at an 8 out of 10 nearly yeah. every day yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a it's an intoxicating mix of um, pace and determination, and I'd say strength as well. Maybe. Oh yeah, without a doubt. And the funny thing is, like, it's amazing how the wheel turns. So, like, I'd work with John regularly in the Irish Independent now, and I've said it to him a couple of times, and he'd always kind of laugh it off and say, "Ah, oh, you were a tough old cornerback, so uh, why tough it up anyway?" <laughs> yeah, well, that's, at least he's like, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, at least he does remember. I don't yeah, it would be yeah. it would be very uh, deflating if he didn't remember. <laughs> yeah, uh, the next would be um, Richie Hogan. Okay, so there's a couple of a couple of links in this. So I remember marking Richie at college's level and doing okay off him, and then I marked him in a a Leinster minor semi-final it was a couple of weeks after the Leaving Cert and I hadn't prepared for the Leaving Cert at all the first the first of the three Leaving Cert I did by the way and uh, <laughs> I, I couldn't sleep at night during the Leaving Cert because I'd no preparation done and it's like getting ready for a match if you haven't the prep done yeah. you're probably going to be real nervous I remember losing a lot of weight during the Leaving Cert about a stone or that just sweating at night and pressure and whatever and I kind of knew I was going back but that didn't take the pressure off and we played Kilkenny that sounds miserable by the way yeah it's not it's not it wasn't nice yeah. right. it's, it's, it wasn't nice and that kind of fed into playing Kilkenny in this minor game was underweight probably um, not it wouldn't have the same energy I built up this game to be like the biggest game I remember saying to someone before and like, this, this is a career defining game yeah, at yeah, minor yeah. level it's like yeah. ridiculous stuff and there's Mark and Richie and uh, I'll never forget as I'm staring out the camera here I was standing here and he was coming in at me with the ball and he threw his famous painted dummy hand pass because he was a big handballer with his right hand and I literally moved into another parish I was gone completely into another parish and he just walked through on goal and funnily enough Ray Murray who was in goals actually fell for the dummy hand pass as well and went to the other side of the goals <laughs> so he literally just tapped the ball into, a, into an empty net on one side um, and then funnily enough I ended up marking him in his uh, inter-county debut right. in 08. Now, that was a different type of experience because I kind of, you feel like you had a point to prove or something like that. So it was literally just mauling and wrestling with him for an hour. That's quite what it was. And when he went off, who came on to make his inter-county debut? Only TJ in the, in the same game. So it's, wow. kinda, it's a nice thing to have 14 years later when you're talking about TJ has been one of the greatest of all time that at least you marked him on his debut. But Richie was the sort of player, same as Owen Reid, that if you were focusing on anything but stopping him getting the ball 
he would just crucify it yeah. completely. And so I remember just rolling around and mauling him on on the ground. And when the ball wasn't near us, he'd nearly just jump on him and take him to the ground or whatever. And mad kind of stuff like that, just to stop him getting the ball. It's a real pity that injuries have robbed us of the last four or five years of his uh, yeah. career, because I think he'd be in that same conversation with everybody else. If When you think about what he could do, he could play in the inside forward line and score a rake of points, but also kill you with his finishing. But then he could also drift out to centre forward and become a playmaker. And then he could also play midfield, yeah. which is the versatility that not all the rest of those players that we were talking about. And that obviously um, both JJ and, and Tommy do have that versatility. But the forwards didn't. Like they were inside forwards, really. Mm. and maybe actually probably. I'm talking against myself. Here. Eddie won't like that now. Eddie, Eddie had one of his golden moments when he was out centre forward in 11 before he retired as well. Remember he set up Richie's goal yeah, yeah, hurrying yeah. down the field. Yeah. But Richie had that flexibility anywhere from 8 to 15 realistically. And if you wanted to play him centre back you probably could and yeah. he probably will end up playing there at club level. Uh, and Dane's Fort are in an intermediate final at the weekend in Kilkenny actually against Thomastown. But had he not had those crippling back injuries it just like it's mad to think the last two years had Kilkenny not gone to extra time against Cork he wouldn't have played in 20. 21 and his first bit of action this year was in the All-Ireland final when he came on yeah. and you're thinking it's the dream scenario he gets a point uh, and you're thinking it could be that kind of fairy tale ending but he's it's those bit part cameos that he's been reduced to yeah, unfortunately which is really unfortunate because he definitely still seems to have uh, he obviously has the experience to be able to get involved in games at that level um Okay, so that is that your third? Like, that, that's, your third? Uh, that's two. Uh, my my third one has actually escaped escaped me for the moment. Um, <laughs> oh must, yeah, so, I was just saying you must get leave insert PTSD. A lot of people get those June nightmares, the recurring nightmares of the of the leave insert. But you probably have them combined <laughs> with Richie Hogan selling you the dummy. I mean, it, that must be a tough tough period of the year for you. Ever, this ever is the June was the this is the first kind of leave insert I can remember that I didn't have this recur. I do have a recurring. Really? Leave. It's not just around the leave insert. It's just like. It's this thing of the dream is that you're back doing the leaving cert, but you think you know it all, so you haven't prepared as much, and you're going to get less points than you got the year before. And that's that's the dream. That's the part of it. That and the other recurring dream is the hurling dream, where the game is thrown in and you just cannot. You're in the dressing room and you cannot get your boots on. You just you're like <laughs> just can't just can't get them on, and the ball is thrown in, and they're like, "Where's the corner back? Someone is standing in there by himself." So yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's weird. Those yeah, those leaving cert dreams are a bit mad. All right, yeah. Therapy, therapy session this morning. I'm <laughs> saying, Jesus, this is um, this got deep quick. <laughs> One last thing, very quickly, and um, we're. Nearly out of time. This obviously deserves a much better uh, conversation. Off the off the cuff yesterday, mm. um, Shane had a theory about uh, the small town. The small town clubs, or even the the kind of parish clubs, holding their own. Certainly, this is happening in Monaghan against the town clubs, and all the town clubs are the big yeah. town clubs are all struggling in Monaghan. Somebody texted in. Uh, saying that they're with an, an underage team in Kildare and they constantly beat the bigger town teams. That I think your theory is that it's about identity. Yeah, because like, Cart McCross and Castle Blaney were both relegated from senior to intermediate this year and Monon Harps, the Monon Town team, literally stayed in intermediate by the scuff of their neck, relegated mm-hmm. from senior nearly to junior this year. Uh, so there, there must be something in that. Uh, I tell you what, at, at, uh, with clubs, uh, rural clubs in particular, there's a thing where there's nearly a pride in not letting anyone fall off. Mm. They do not want to let anyone They call to your house if you miss training. Yeah, well, there you go. Kildare would be a prime example um, in Offaly. They'd have great numbers. Definitely have three adult teams, potentially four, but they wouldn't let a lad slip away where at all possible because it's, I suppose it's such a part of an identity within, within the community. Whereas in town clubs, uh, there's more distractions. There's rugby, there's soccer, there's, when you're young, there's girls, obviously as well. There's different things going on in, that might take your mind off uh, GA or whatever. But if you look at like 
Ballyhale, like I know you read out yesterday, Shane. Ballyhale doesn't have Ballyhale has less members than mm. teams in Kilmacode and Nafina, <laughs> but you could count them on one hand the amount of lads that they've let go. Yeah. Like Owen Reed is still playing. Everyone will stay playing and they'll stay they'll stay going. And there's a, I know it's, it's it's maybe it's a bit generic, but there's um, there's a pride within that as well of keeping everyone playing. And I remember chatting. Um, I remember chatting to a fellow who had his kids in McKilmacud and he just said, like, there's so many teams at underage level. How do you get to know anybody as well? Like, just say you're in a college course with 40 people for four years. Chances are you get to know everybody really well. Yeah. You have a tight-knit kind of course. If you're in a college course with 500, there's little groups here, groups there, yeah. people slipping off, people dropping out maybe. So just the tight-knit nature of it. Um, Don't go to UCD, that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a UL man anyway, so we we did, what are we, about 70 or 80 in our P class and we would have all been fairly tight or whatever, but it's just, it's more easy, I'd say it's easier for people to slip away. My third man was Patrick Horgan as well, by the way. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, because um, I remember marking him in a qualifier. He was the sort of guy that would, like, I remember they said it about Shane Williams, the rugby player, like he'd find space in a phone box. He literally would. His wrists were that quick. Again, a lot of those great forwards, it's deny, deny, deny. Mm-hmm. Deny them the ball. If they get the ball, you're chasing their tail. Yeah. You need to deny them the ball. His, his wrists are like nothing I've ever seen before. All right. That was brilliant, Michael. Thanks a million. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mode.